What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Joining me today is Steve Credo. Steve sits down with me to talk all about the fallout of NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Plus, we preview Elimination Chamber and recap the week that was in the world of professional wrestling. All that, and so much more, right now on Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Here we go, another Friday, and that means it's time for Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chairs, and before we get into the conversation with Steve Credo today, and man, what a great conversation that was. I can't wait for you all to hear that, but before we get into that, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping um, and discuss a few things that we didn't cover in the conversation with Steve. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you so much to my wife, Michelle, for joining me last week on the Valentine's episode. Um, I said it in the outro last week. She was a little nervous about doing it. She had a whole uh, pages and pages of notes um, to prepare herself for that. Uh, but she did great. Michelle, if you're listening to this, you did wonderful. Thank you for doing that. Uh, she did want me to clear it up. Uh, I asked her last week who her favorite current wrestler was and she said orange cassidy and daniel bryan she wanted me to clear up that her favorite all-time wrestler is Shawn michaels uh she told me that a little while ago and wanted me to make sure i put that in this week's housekeeping so again michelle thanks so much for uh joining me on the podcast last week uh it was great and i definitely can't wait to have you back hope everybody had a great valentine's day uh great vengeance day nxt takeover uh, we, uh, Credo and I, Steve and I get into that a little later on in the podcast. So we'll save that for now, but NXT's on Wednesdays and as is AEW. Um, one thing Steve and I did not talk about was AEW, but I do want to talk a little bit about it because behind SmackDown, AEW is my favorite show to watch, uh, throughout the week. And, uh, I want to give it some love. So AEW had a huge week this week. Um, they announced they were live, first off, on TNT, Wednesday at 8 p.m., and they announced at the end of the show an exploding barbed wire death match set for Revolution on March 7th uh, with John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW world title. Um, I believe these two guys, Moxley and Omega, had a lights-out match uh, last year or the year before in AEW at a pay-per-view and that was brutal and awesome and I can only imagine what they're going to do in an exploding barbed wire death match. Full disclosure, I have no idea what that is or how you win, but I assume that it has to do with exploding barbed wire. <laughs> uh yeah, it's going to be a sight to see. Uh I think Kenny Omega is going to retain for sure. I I think that he is going to be it's going to continue to hold on to that title for a while. Um, and, you know, he's with the Good Brothers uh, on AEW and on Impact. So I, I don't see that uh, stopping anytime soon. Uh, speaking of the Good Brothers, they were a little slow when it came to making the save for the Young Bucks this week on Dynamite. Uh, the Young Bucks had just defended the titles against uh, Proud and Powerful Santana, Santana and Ortiz. Um, after the match, Santana, Ortiz, Hager, Jericho, MJF, Wardlow, the inner circle, uh, started beating them down. Uh, you know, they showed shots backstage of 
um, the Good Brothers, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, saying they got to go help. Uh, Kenny Omega did not come out to help, even though the Young Bucks are his friends. Uh, the Good Brothers did come. However, it uh, they took a little while to get there. So they're definitely still building up a Young Bucks, Good Brothers storyline. And uh, I like it. I love both teams. Uh, I thought they were going to face each other at Revolution, but that's not going to happen. I'll be curious to see if it happens on a TNA show or an AEW show. Um, I assume after Revolution, the next pay-per-view that uh, AEW is going to have will be Double or Nothing in May. So I don't know if they can have this continue on until then or you know, if they're going to do it. I know TNA just announced Sacrifice for March 13th, I believe. Um, but that's only a week after uh revolution so i don't know uh, maybe they'll do it on a dynamite who knows but uh i'm looking forward to that I, I, the good brothers are fantastic talking chop their podcast is awesome and uh you know it's funny to see you know i was never a huge good brothers fan when they were in wwe as the club or the oc or whatever they were called but uh you know i, I love their podcast and i love what they do outside of what they did outside of the wwe so uh, to see them shining right now in Impact and AEW on Dynamite is really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned Proud and Powerful. This is all, this whole inner, inner Circle storyline, I've mentioned this before, is all leading to the Inner Circle turning on Jericho. And, uh, you know, as the weeks go on, it gets more and more apparent. Um, Sammy quit the Inner Circle. Uh, I think that, He's part of the storyline. He's working with MJF. Um, but I also wouldn't be too surprised if he, as like another swerve on top of the swerve, is he aligns himself with Jericho after the fact, and both him and Jericho are baby faces coming out of Revolution. Uh, I've given my pitch multiple times here on the pod. He, after Jericho takes the pin from the Young Bucks at Revolution, uh, MJF and the rest of the inner circle are going to, are going to turn on him for sure. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Like I've said before, Jericho as a baby face, especially the more crowds come back into the arenas, it's going to be a great sight to see. Uh, speaking of coming back, uh, eventually we'll have packed houses again, crowds coming back in full effect. But Riho came back this week and uh, she defeated Serena Deeb in the, I believe they're calling it the women's eliminator tournament. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but the women's tournament that they're doing, uh, Rio advances on, uh, expected Serena Deeb is the NWA, um, talent. So I totally understand why, you know, an AEW talent is moving on, but I do have to say Serena Deeb is really impressive. Um, you know, when she was in WWE for that brief time, I don't even really recall her wrestling too often, if at all, but, uh, you know, she's not what she was then. And then I know she had another run in the WWE, like I believe the Mae Young Classic a couple years ago, but uh, this version of her uh, on AEW uh, in NWA is really something else. And uh, she's doing great stuff. All her matches are very technically sound and just uh, very entertaining. And I'm, I'm happy to see her getting a spotlight um, Sting took a power bomb in 2021. It is February. 
uh, 19th, 2021, and Sting took a powerbomb from Brian Cage. Uh, I love it. I hope Sting's neck and body hold up. He doesn't seriously get hurt. But if he's cleared to go and he's uh, ready to rock and roll, then by all means, uh, especially if he's going to be putting over guys like Brian Cage uh, and Ricky Starks, Darby's going to be making his return. I'm talking about uh, Sting and Darby versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks at Revolution in the uh, street fight. Uh, it's a street fight, so that'll be better for Sting. Uh, I do think you know Sting and Darby are going to win. It's Sting's first match in five, six years, and Darby, you know, is coming back from being dragged behind a car. So I do think they're going to win. But uh, you know, Sting taking a power bomb from Brian Cage was not something I thought I'd be saying. Uh, on this podcast uh, when I first decided to start a podcast. But very cool. I just hope he stays healthy and doesn't get hurt. AEW looks to be loading up their March 3rd show. Uh, That's uh, two weeks away. We got uh, Cody and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jade Cargill. Uh, FTR and Tully Blanchard coming out of retirement to team up with FTR to take on Jurassic Express. Um, I believe they might have added a couple other matches, announced a couple other matches, but uh, those are the two big ones that I remember them talking about this week on Dynamite. Uh, Cody, you know, he's everything he does. He, you know, he does to the best of his abilities and to perfection almost all the time. So, I think that this match with Shaq is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be good, you know, for what it is. I don't expect it to be a five-star technical wrestling match, but for what it is, I think Cody's going to work hard to make sure uh, it's a good match. And um, uh, it's funny because, you know, this clearly was supposed to be Cody and Brandy versus Shaq and Jade, but uh, Brandy got pregnant. Uh, Congratulations to them, by the way. They announced that they're having a baby girl uh, on Dynamite this past week. So congratulations to them. But, uh, I've never really seen Red Velvet or Jade Cargill wrestle. I don't even think uh, Jade Cargill maybe has never even wrestled. I don't know. But uh, uh, knowing how Cody is on TV and everything and, you know, off TV, behind the scenes on social media and stuff, I fully expect him to work really hard to make sure this match is a spectacle and as good as it possibly can be. Um trying to think what else happened here on Dynamite this week. Orange Cassidy, yeah, he continued uh, – he continued winning. He's he's over, and uh, he defeated Luther, I believe. And you know, good match for what it was. It was good. I uh, you know, Orange Cassidy. He, he's he's like a like a fine wine. Like you got a an acquired taste, I guess, would be the right uh, the right figure of speech. He uh, he's an acquired taste, but I am a big Orange Cassidy fan. So the more he's on TV, the better it is for me. Um, uh, they didn't really do much, I don't believe, uh, this past week on Dynamite, but I still think we're going to get Orange Cassidy versus Miro at Revolution, maybe even on that March 3rd Dynamite episode, but probably Revolution. Um, you know, they've been building up that storyline. Uh, one thing AEW does that I think is really cool is like they kind of rotate, with the exception of the big stars, obviously, but I like that every other week – you know they had they try to have new or different talent on TV, and uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, in the main event, Eddie Kingston, Butcher and Blade lost to Moxley, uh, I believe Ray Phoenix and uh, Archer. 
you know, good match, great, good stuff going on there. Eddie Kingston, he grabs your attention. He's not flashy or anything, but man, whenever he talks, he cut a promo before the match. Whenever he talks, you know, you're invested and you listen. And uh, he's he's doing great stuff. Uh, there was a time uh, back in November at I believe Full Gear. I, Eddie Kingston came out of nowhere and I really wanted him to win the AEW title. I really thought that'd be like something different, something cool, but, uh, it didn't happen. But, you know, anytime Eddie Kingston's on TV, I think it's great. And, uh, he captivates my attention and, uh, that's the most you can want if you're a wrestler is to get the attention of the audience. And that's what Eddie Kingston does. Um, and then finally, the last thing that happened on dynamite worth noting uh, private party are now heels uh, aligned with Matt Hardy. I don't know if they necessarily like had like an on-screen turn. Maybe it happened in impact. I don't know. Uh, Matt has sort of been, you know, transitioning to this big money Matt character and that's leading us to a big money match at revolution. Matt Hardy will take on hangman Adam page. Uh, as we saw last week on dynamite page switched the contracts Hardy thought he was like signing Page's talents to a contract, but Page actually had Matt Hardy sign a contract to put them in this big money match at Revolution. Uh, the stipulation is whoever wins, they get, I don't know if it was all or a percentage of the loser's first quarter Q1 earnings. So, you know, cool storyline for big money Matt. Um, uh, full disclosure, I had no interest in this match leading into this week's dynamite, but they sold me, uh, with the promo and the match. And, you know, we still got dark order hanging around, uh, negative one sent in the cavalry to save uh hangman there after he was getting beat down by, um, H2 and Hardy and private party and, uh, shout out to Colt Cabana, by the way, for, uh, <laughs> beating up Isaiah with the mascot shoe. Uh, I saw on Twitter earlier today that he tweeted like he didn't want, he wasn't getting enough love for that, but I noticed that. And I even pointed it out to my wife. I was like, he's hitting him with the shoe. Like just wonderful stuff. Just little stuff like that. Just really entertains me. And uh, thank you, Colt Cabana for that. Um, but yeah, that was dynamite this week. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up with AEW with revolution. Um, I'm in the process of booking a guest for, next week to do a uh, preview show for uh, revolution. I guess that would be a week and a half the week, the week before the pay-per-view that's March 7th. So I'm looking to uh, get a pay-per-view preview for revolution up uh, a couple days before the pay-per-view. And uh, I messaged and reached out to somebody and uh, I'll announce that, you know, on the podcast when it gets a little closer, but uh, we will do, we will be doing a AEW revolution uh, video preview special this, not this Sunday, sorry, a, a couple of days before the pay-per-view. I was getting that confused because now I guess it would be a good time to announce that this Saturday I will be releasing on YouTube a video with me and episode five guest, Heel Spo, Anthony Esposito, where we will be previewing the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So check that out this Saturday, February 20th. I'll be releasing that um, over on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast, to uh, see that. Um, but until then, guys, follow me on Twitter, at BrianChair7, 
at TL Chairs Pod on Instagram at TL Chairs Pod. Like I said, YouTube, you could search t- Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star review on Apple. That helps. And like I said, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm really trying to build that up. Once you subscribe, you'll get notified when I go live and when I post videos and stuff like that. But um, now that we got all that out of the way, let's get into the interview with Steve Credo. We talk about Elimination Chamber this week. We talk about NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day from last weekend. We got a lot to do, so let's get rolling. Guys, enjoy the interview with Steve. But before we get there, let's hear a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, joining me right now is somebody I've known for many years. He's worked backstage at both House of Hardcore and Northeast Wrestling. He created the logo for this podcast, so I highly recommend his work. Plus, he hosted his own podcast called Another Wrestling Podcast. Guys, he's Steve Credo. Steve, welcome to the show. All right, all right, all right, Brian Chair, man. So happy to be here. Uh, uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're somebody who I've watched you do your podcast for, you know, many years. And I've always wanted to be in your position uh, hosting a podcast. And now I'm doing it. So uh, in a weird way, I have you to thank for that. <laughs> hey, man, it's, this is it. This is, this is fun to do. And uh, I'm glad you're doing it. So keep up the great work, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, Let's start where I start with every one of my guests. Um, I want to know, how did you become a fan of wrestling? How to become a fan? Uh, You know, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 81. So, you know, the whole 80s, I was was watching it. You know, my parents probably put it on one day. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but also I know, you know, my parents would bring me to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center to see a lot of WWF shows. So from going to the local shows over here in Poughkeepsie to just watching it all the time with my brother, uh, growing up in the eighties, you know, I grew up with the Hogan, I grew up with, as a Hulkamaniac, I grew up, uh, you know, as ultimate warrior fan, uh, I grew up right in that big boom period of, you know, when things started getting crazy for wrestling. So it was a wild time. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things you grew up with and you can't grow out of, you know, definitely, definitely. Uh, you said you're a Hulkamaniac and warrior and everything. Uh, and you also said you went to some shows at the mid Hudson civic center, do you remember any of the shows? Like, do you remember any of the matches that you saw live? <laughs> yeah, well, so uh, JB, uh, uh, Jonathan Benjamin, former guest of the show, will, will laugh at this because this is I, I, I just always bring it up when I'm talking about things, but I have like a flashback memory and I can't place it what year it was, what show it was, but it was the Honky Tonk Man versus Jimmy Snuka in a steel cage match at the Civic Center and Honky Tonk's climbing up. Snooker grabs his trunks and pulls us down. And there I see it, a, a big Honky Tonk man butt right in our face. Uh, it's just one memory. I like. I It's like a flashback. Unfortunately, it's like the only flashback I have of that actual <laughs> event. <laughs> but it's, you know, I have like little things like that, like little flashbacks to it. Um, you know, and I, I, at that time too, you couldn't bring, like, you really couldn't bring cameras in. So if you did sneak it in, you were lucky. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have like any good pictures of it at that time too. So it was like, whatever I saw, I saw, uh, but you know, I just remember that kind of flashback being there at the civic center. And then as I got older, just going there, you know, either by myself or, or with my friends, um, you know, through the years, but I mean, it's just like a little bit of a flashback back to that time. And I have to look it up. Somebody out there has to find the match. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I know it was Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Snooker, but 
Uh, unfortunately, that's like the one thing that sticks out right now in my head <laughs> with, with what I saw at the same time. That's great. Uh, not many people have a memory of Honky Tonk Man's ass in their face as like their earliest <laughs> childhood memory when it comes to wrestling. But that, that's a great story. Um, it's funny you say the Civic Center. Uh, man, I have so many memories of that place. Like, you know, now and when I was younger, I think back like I was probably like 13, 14 years old when WWE had gone away from there for a little while. And then I want to say like 2003, they came back after like a couple of years of not being there. And um, from like 03 to maybe like 06, that those couple of years, me and my friend at like 13 years old, I don't know why my mom would do this, but she would drop us off at like four in the morning outside the civic center. So we could be like one of the first ones in line to get tickets at like uh, 10 o'clock or so they went on sale. And uh, it's not the nicest area, <laughs> especially for a 13 year old kid who like has <laughs> no clue, but uh, yeah, like that place is a great place and so many memories. No, for sure. I remember, you know, I remember like my mom didn't do that. We actually, I remember always going to like Ticketmaster. I think it was at like Filene's at the Poughkeepsie Gallery or, yes. or someplace. Somebody had, it was like their only Ticketmaster location. You can go and get it. And I just remember getting tickets from there. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's such, it's just a, historic place we live in as far as like pro wrestling goes as far as like so many things happened and I remember going all to the 80s shows and then like I still kick myself to this day because I think it was when I was early in high school maybe ninth or 10th grade and they were doing a lot of shows up here or maybe it was even a little bit before that but uh they were doing a lot of raws here like yes. you know the original ones with like Razor Ramon yep. I never went to those and I don't know why I didn't go to them it was just I was doing other stuff in my life but I was still a wrestling fan but Oh, I just wish I could go back in time and like, you know, go to those live Raws because I was like, I was so mad because it was right up here, right up the street. And for whatever reason, I just wasn't watching it or my parents were, we weren't involved with like wrestling as much as at that point in my right. life. But oh, I wish I could just go back in time and go to the one, all the ones I missed. Yeah, th those would definitely be some cool shows to go to. I have a buddy who uh, his dad would go to all those Raws at the Civic Center. And like, if you watch them back, he's like second or third row, like right dead center in the middle. And like, it's just cool to see. I don't know if you were at yeah. this one. Uh, it seems like you went to a lot of house shows. Do you, were you, do you remember if you were at, uh, it was December 1st, 1996. The main event was Shawn Michaels versus Goldust. And uh, that was the yes, first show. I was there, man. You were there? That was your first show. I was, was there, and my first thing. So I was sitting, really, I, I was sitting right against the stage, and at that time, like I was last row in the stage with my mom, and Shawn Michaels was like kept peeking through the curtain. So like I kept, I was like watching. Well, I forget what point of the matches, but he was like watching the matches before his. Yeah, yeah. And he was just sitting there with like somebody, and then I was like marking out because I'm like literally the last row so it's like it's it's it sucks but it doesn't but then like right behind me Shawn michaels watching the show and i'm like ah oh, this is awesome yeah <laughs> but i was there and i totally remember it i actually have pictures um oh no the, i was at a few of them because i even remember the time where it was like brian pillman had marlena and i was i was uh, and it was like gold dust was running out like the time he kidnapped her or something happened at that time but that was like yeah that was a big 90s a time i remember going to that but uh, I definitely missed all those Raws, but I was there. I was at that show too with you somewhere in the crowd. That's awesome. Yeah, I was sitting up in the uh, up in the bleachers, and I, the only thing I really remember about that was after the match, Sean motioned for everybody to get in the ring, and I was six years old at the time, and I couldn't even get over, like, the guardrail, so, like, I didn't get to get in the ring. I was so upset. <laughs> I, I remember I remember that. I, I have, like, a flashback to that to where I'm just, like, watching him doing that, and I think I was – just leaving at the time with my mom or something. And I, yeah, I vaguely remember that happening, but yes. 
definitely and then you mentioned sitting Great by time. the uh sitting yes. by the stage uh in the civic center and the only memory i have of that one time uh, me and my buddy got tickets uh th- those were cool seats because like everybody the aisle was right there so like they would come out and, like they'd high five you and stuff and um it was i want to say it was like 2006 and carlito uh bit into his apple threw it in the crowd and it landed like right by us and uh we we're going crazy to try to get this half bit <laughs> apple uh, things you do as a wrestling fan unreal <laughs> so no, fast- Man, for sure and i think think you know even it, it... go ahead go ahead yeah no i was gonna say one thing uh it, it, you know you're bringing back to some like ecw memories too because like when i was in high school ecw like blew up pretty big and then i started going to a bunch of those shows by myself with friends and i remember a lot of those stuff because i was actually able to go to like a hardcore heaven or whatever it was um, a few of those shows there the pay-per-view so that was a lot of fun that's awesome that's a hardcore heaven was that a uh, rvd and jerry lynn that's it. Yeah, I believe that's it. I could be wrong. I mean, don't kill me out there, Mark. Yeah, yeah. But I was there. I was at one of them. But that's awesome, man. That's that's a great. I unfortunately I never got to go to an ECW show. Uh, I went to WWECW, but never the original. So that's definitely something that uh, I wish I was old enough to to see. Um, fast forwarding a little bit, you're into like graphic design, video editing. Like we said, you had your own podcast before. Um, you created the logo for this podcast. Did wrestling inspire you in any way to get into like that field? When I was in high school, my parents didn't go to college. Uh, so like, I didn't really have somebody push me to like pick a school and all this other stuff. So like, I was pretty much into art. I was very big in art and uh, I kind of took the loophole out of trying not having to take like a uh, foreign language and all this other stuff. So in high school, I took like art advanced, uh, like crafts, crafting, photography. I took all art classes throughout high school and, uh, you know, when I was going to going away to school and stuff, you know, I, I could draw, you know, so I tried using my talents to do that. And so I never was really inspired by like, you know, wrestling or anything like that. I just, I had a talent to draw and I had a talent to do all that kind of artistic stuff. So I kind of just went for that. But when I got out of college, uh, I think to make a long story short, I, I was going to, I think a Bret Hart signing at Collector's Room in Poughkeepsie. And the now were there, Vic Delicious, Hal Collins, Poughkeepsie's own. Uh, and they were at a table, I think, right outside the Bret Hart signing. And they had pictures for people to sign. And not to say that they were bad or anything. I mean, you know, but for me as a photographer, I was like, I could probably do better ones for you guys, you know. So, yeah. I, I, and so, you know, come, you know, and I, I started working my way into the wrestling world with my skills because I was like, well, I saw these guys that could probably use new headshots or something. I got a hold of them, and I think at first we didn't uh, meet up right away. And I think after their show at the Civic Center for Northeast Wrestling, I took a lot of great photos for them, and I showed it to him. And Vic Delicious called me up. You know, he's like, these are, like, probably the greatest photographs of my entire career right now. You know, and I think from there, the ball started rolling with us. And I, I just started to try to do more wrestling stuff because A, I love wrestling and B, I could do all this art stuff. So I was like, well, let me just keep my talents in, in motion and just see what I could do with some of these wrestlers around here. So to, to make another long story short, that's kind of how, you know, the ball started rolling with that to where I never really did it for wrestling. I was kind of just doing it on my own, doing my own stuff. And then I was like, well, I love wrestling and I just tried making stuff for wrestling. So definitely, definitely. And uh, it seems like that relationship you know, grew from there because after, you know, you took their photos, you started working with them backstage at House of Hardcore and Northeast Wrestling. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so you know, uh, I did uh, after doing some of their stuff. I I, I showed uh, Michael Lombardi from uh, uh, President of Northeast Wrestling some of my stuff. So I was doing some posters for them. Um, I think I did some photos at some shows, not too too much. And at that time, I didn't really do a lot of videos for them. Um, but I, I was doing a little bit of graphic design stuff for them and and work for them. And then uh, through a few years later, House of Hardcore came around. They were starting up. Uh, with Vic Delicious and Hale Collins and all that stuff. They were doing the school in Poughkeepsie. Uh, and then with Tommy Dreamer, you know, I, I, I showed them my talents, what I could do. And they, they hired me to do the, the actual logo. So the actual, actual House of Hardcore logo, uh, even though it's almost, it hasn't really changed too much. But that's pretty much my logo that I designed. Wow, I didn't um, know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, you know, every time you see it, I think he even <laughs> Tommy Dreamer actually wore it on raw once too. Yes. And they thought that his t-shirt was a WWE t-shirt. So that's why they let him out there. And I actually <laughs> have the picture, I think on my website, but um, I, I, I saved it. I was like, this is awesome. My, my shirt's on raw, you know, like something that I designed my yes. logo. I was so happy to like, see it like on TV, which nobody knew. They just knew, you know, like to me, I'm like, this is all amazing. Definitely. Um, you know, so I started, started doing stuff like that. They did their first show. I, th- I edited their first uh, pay-per-view, their their first DVD. So watch the first one. I did all the editing on that, uh, working with like the entrance, and then pretty much through the years, you know, I, I've been doing. Prime had a great partnership through the years. They're right in our backyard. They're the number one company in this area, uh, and just doing all the stuff with them. It's just a lot a lot of fun just being able to whether it's helping guys uh not like demo reels but like highlight reels i've been doing a lot of highlight reels for wrestlers and then the one thing i love that i've been doing with them is kind of like recaps of shows so after the show uh i give them like a little highlight reel so you can watch it online like a little music video of the show that you missed um and it kind of intrigues people to like hey i want to go buy this you know in high spots so if, yeah you know, uh, it's it's a lot of fun for me because for me i'm not an athlete uh, but I'm like, a, you know, a graphic or an artist lead uh, to where, you know, just like an athlete, you got to stay in the gym to work out your muscles, right? For me, yep. I got to keep being creative. I got to keep doing things to keep my creative muscles, if you will, intact of just, you know, even if I don't want to do it, I try doing it, seeing what I could do at it to make it better or make it look cool and, you know, just have fun with it. Especially it just gives something for the fans to watch that all the guys, all the wrestlers, or doing their skill and doing their talent in the ring to where I'm kind of like the enhancer. That'd be my ring name. If I was <laughs> the enhancer, because what I'm doing is taking what they're doing and just making it look a lot cooler compared to just, you know, a, a, a photo or a, a video on your cell phone, you know? So I'm, I'm try- I, I love working with them and I've been doing that for a few years now. So um, I'm just waiting for this pandemic to end and we'll get right back to it, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And like I said before, I can't recommend your stuff enough to people. If you're looking for, uh, you know, video editing or, you know, graphic design or anything, go to Steve Credo. He made the logo for the show. I love it. It was super easy. I just told you kind of the name of the show, the colors I wanted and sort of like a basic idea. And within, you know, a couple of days, a couple of hours, even you sent it back right away. And I was like, I love it. SteveCredoMedia.com, baby. You'll find all any which way to get a hold of me and whatever you guys need. Yeah, man. Hey, I love doing. It. I love helping you out. Uh, you know, it's fun for me. And I, you know, like I said, I, I enhance what people are already doing. I wanted to ask you too. You did uh, work backstage and everything, Northeast House Hardcore. Do you have any like stories that you could tell from backstage, like that would be cool to hear? Backstage stuff. Uh, well, you know, I get to. I see a lot of things beforehand, especially. 
you know, uh, promos they'll probably do or um, stuff happening in the night. Let's see, what can I share? What can I share? Uh, you know, uh, just like simple things to where, I mean, like uh, Roddy Piper, uh, you know, I got to see him at a Northeast wrestling show and this is probably like a few months before he died. Uh, I know collector's realm also uh, at the time brought him in for autograph signing and he was doing a show and he's coming out from whatever he did on the show. And we were working backstage and, you know, the few guys just wanted to get a photo with him and me and my friend Damon who were there filming that night, you know, we're just waiting, waiting. And Roddy looks exhausted. He just, he looks tired. But even as he was tired, you know, like he saw that we we loved him. Like, you know, like we saw us like right. just standing there waiting to ask him for a photo. And he's just like, he brings us over. He's like, come here, let's do the photo, you know, like let's do it. And, you know, like things like that were really great. Uh, you know, even being able to walk in the back, uh, the locker room, like seeing AJ Styles just get ready, uh, go over what he needs to do to, in his head to, to prepare. Yep. Uh, and at that time, he was the IWGP champion, uh, oh, nice. wearing his belt in the back, uh, you know, just going over and just seeing these guys getting ready. And, you know, uh, there's nothing too crazy as far as like, you know, anything crazy that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it just being able to be a part of uh, the back, the pre-show before, like people actually see what actually happens and what these guys go through to like just mentally get ready or, you know, physically prepare what they're about to do is, you know, it's just awesome to see. And, I, you know, these guys don't get enough credit to where – you know, uh, going, I don't even know how to get into it. I'm trying, I'm just thinking as you asked that question and like, it just set off a light bulb of like 20 different stories I want to get into, <laughs> but it's like, you know, just little flashbacks to what I could say or what I can say, you know, I might even remember something in a few, five minutes down the line, I might bring it up, but you know, just being able to see these guys prepare and stuff has been a really a blessing just to, just to be a part of that kind of thing too, especially since I'm not a wrestler, you know, so. definitely. Definitely. I, uh, when I was refereeing for house of hardcore, just being backstage before the show, like you were saying, just seeing like all these guys, like, you know, that I watched as a kid and I'm just like there, I like, didn't feel like I knew I was like a part of it, like a small, small, small part, but like, I just felt like I shouldn't be there. And I was like, this is just really cool to see. Like if six-year-old me could see what, you know, 28 year old me was doing, <laughs> they'd be like, really, like really, really happy. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to mention you did the music for house of hardcore uh one uh, i don't even know if they were numbered but the first one uh october of 2012 at the civic center i believe you were running the music and i remember back then you telling me like oh yeah i'm gonna do the music or work backstage house of hardcore you gotta hear the young bucks theme i was in the crowd i was like okay you didn't tell me what it was but you're like just wait for the young bucks theme and Mbop started to play <laughs> as they made their entrance. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I think I've ever heard. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, guys were sitting there preparing all the graphics and stuff for the show. Uh, wrestlers, um, they'll, they'll just come by and just check in, make sure that we got their song. Or if they want to use a different song, they'll tell you which one they want to use. And they came over. It was like, hey, you got our, <laughs> you got our song or whatever. And I was like, yep. And you, <laughs> I think I had to, like, ask, like, you sure right this is it you know you know i'm like i want to make sure i play i'm blasting hansen like it's a rib on somebody you know like all of a sudden then i get yelled at because i played hansen for for the young bucks but no yeah that was their theme music at that time and hey i mean you do you you know what yeah. I, mean? I, I think it worked <laughs> it for them it was, it was great it, it was hilarious for sure. here we are almost 10 years later still talking about it so it, it worked <laughs> <laughs> there you go so that's a little bit about you, but I want to talk now, focus the conversation now on wrestling today. Um, what are you watching today? Like, what do you have a favorite show? 
Sure. So, you know, uh, I'm going to go back a few months to, to during the pandemic, right? Uh, you know, I'm a raw guy. I'm like every Monday I'm there live. I want to watch it. This is like, this is, I'm setting side, time aside just to watch raw. I love raw. Right. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, like things are happening and then, you know, WWE bless their souls that, you know, the show must go on. And I appreciated last year's WrestleMania just because like at that time, we've never, nobody's ever experienced this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like a movie come to life, like sitting at home, you can't go out, you can't do this. You got to wear a mask. Like, I'm like, what is like, this is so surreal. And, you know, I appreciated what WWE did last year of having that in WrestleMania, just because like the show must go on kind of mentality. After that, I thought in my mind, they should have probably just stopped and like, you know, see what's happening with the world and like, make sure everything's okay. Because, not only are you doing the show every week, but you're also putting these guys, you know, at risk and, you know, there's so much going on. And when that was going on, there was no crowd. And then yeah. they did the, the sign and the silence to me is like, it's, it's so deafening because the crowd is like the secret sauce. The crowd is that third man, the fourth man, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, without the yelling or the booing of real people in the audience, you know, I felt like I was watching practice. I felt like yeah. I was watching guys just hanging out in the gym work, you know, and, and like, I get it. I get what was going on. So uh, for a little bit during last year, or not for a little bit, I mean, for a while, like it threw me off. Like I was trying every week to watch it, trying. And then like, I just couldn't do it. So like every week for me, I would watch raw. I just started to slowly fade away to where, all right, I'll just watch like an hour or two. All right, I'll just watch an hour. Now I'm like, all right, I'll just read online, see if there's anything I want to yeah. watch. And, you know, it, it, it slowly faded away to like every company to where I love NXT. I, I loved what AEW was doing. I loved like watching SmackDown, everything like that. And without the crowd, man, like I can't get into it. And I'm a mark for life, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, I'm always going to be a fan. I'm always going to watch it. But like, it's that element of the people in the crowd that like keep me there, especially at like a WrestleMania or something. So I'm kind of hoping that turns it around a little bit because this isn't wrestling related, but at the Super Bowl, man, I was kind of getting a little bit emotional Yeah, because I felt like it felt like things were returning back to normal. And I know they didn't have a full stadium, but like, I know they had things, but like just seeing that on TV felt like, wow, we're, we're coming back together and like yep. it was so emotional so i'm like i'm hoping wrestlemania kind of does that for me too um to get me back into it but i mean every week i'm a raw guy and sorry i don't want to go too much self track but every week i'm a raw person so at that time for the past few months like i've just i've kind of been you know having it on in the background or i'll, I'll be reading online seeing what happened and kind of keeping up to date with that like that uh, but, you know, right now I'm, I'm pretty big with NXT and pretty big with Raw still and SmackDown uh, WWE wise. Um, I love just, you know, hearing what's going on. If, there's, if I hear something about AEW, I'll put it on. But that's not to talk down. Everybody's been doing great, especially with what they're given right now. Yeah. So it's just for me, like I just need the, the element of the crowd. It just makes it more satisfaction, satisfying to watch. Um, but you know, I've been watching, I've been, we've been getting back into it slowly, but surely, especially, like I said, I'm hoping that this year's WrestleMania will have some kind of return feel of, uh, getting back to normal, if you will. So, but definitely, definitely still digging WWE and NXT big. So nice. Yeah. Touching on like the crowd and everything. I, I, I agree with you. You know, the, the first show they did in the, in the performance center, uh, last March with triple H was on commentary. Um, that was cool. Cause it was different. But then yeah. the, the next week, like come raw, 
what it was like you said it was just like practice and it was <laughs> it was tough to watch like from about april to july august of last year it was really hard to watch some of that stuff but uh I, I think the Thunderdome, you know, it's cool for what it is. It's helped out immensely. Um, it's cool that NXT has some fans in the crowd and uh, AEW again has some fans. And uh, I, I agree. The Super Bowl definitely it looked good. It sounded good. Um, I, I hope WrestleMania looks something like that. And like you said, we can uh, get back uh, to something somewhat normal going forward. Um, you mentioned NXT takeover just happened last Sunday, Valentine's Day. Uh, what'd you think of the show overall? You know, I'll tell you what, man, there's, there hasn't been like an NXT kind of, I know it wasn't a takeover. It was like vengeance day, but I mean, NXT pay-per-view, if you will, I feel like there's no disappointment in it. Right. There's always wrestling, you know, less comedy ish than like WWE stuff, if you will. Yep. Um, But you know, it's always good to watch. It's always, I think, there's, you can't go wrong with an NXT uh, show or pay-per-view. Like if you're, if you have a friend that's like wants to get into wrestling or like, oh, what should I watch? I would send them always to NXT pay-per-views to start off, you know? Uh, but it, you know, I, I love it. I love what they're doing with everybody. Um, there isn't, like I said, I, I can't think of a bad takeover or a bad, just NXT show period. So it was, I, I thought it was great. You know uh, I love what they're doing with Balor and the whole uh, undisputed era thing going on right now too. Uh, but even with Balor too, I mean, this guy was already pushed to the main roster and, yeah. you know, brought back to NXT and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, I can't, I can't think I'm trying to think back to last year, NXT still had, did they still have like a, a takeover before WrestleMania? I know it was two nights. They made it. I can't, I don't think they, they did. They just, I think, yeah. uh, I think the last takeover before pay-per-view was, uh, the Royal rumble last year. Okay. So, uh, so in my head, I really hope especially as long as WrestleMania is, especially if it's two nights, WrestleMania needs to have NXT. Like I love takeovers. Don't yes. get me wrong, but I feel like NXT needs to be a part of the show from now on, uh, especially with guys like Balor to where I, I understand why they moved him over to help balance that brand and help build other people up. But at the same time, like these guys, it's, it's your third show. It's, it's not just the, 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 you know, the triple a or the minor league team. Yeah. This is another brand a uh, show and like i feel like for wrestlemania you need to have like the nxc championship on the line at wrestlemania you need to have these things happening at wrestlemania and not just like a takeover before wrestlemania especially when you're having like two nights of shows or whatever so you know i i, I don't i hope i don't want to go too far off what you asked me but you know i'm definitely i, I i'm a i'm a finn balor fan uh you know since the beginning so um you know i'm definitely watching for him definitely i, I agree with you i think that uh uh, NXT should be represented at WrestleMania. I definitely think uh, an NXT title match, especially with Finn Balor as the champion, would be a great way to go. I don't expect them to add more than one match, honestly. Um, I don't even expect them to add like a women's title match to WrestleMania, but I could totally see and hope for a Finn Balor NXT title match. With that said, though, like where are they going to go? Because, you know, if you had asked me a week ago, I thought I would have told you, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross at WrestleMania for the title. But coming off of uh, Vengeance Day, we could get Finn Balor, Adam Cole. We could get Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, we could get Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole and Balor loses the title between now and Mania to one of those guys. Where do you think this is going to go? 
and even throw Pete Dunn into the mix, you yes. know, like there's so it's, it, it almost, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I mean, part of me wants to think like a ladder match for the NXT championship, throwing all these guys kind of in there, but I like that, you, you know, and then, but the, I also don't want it to be overdone to where like, I, I don't think it's like, you know, everybody deserves a trophy. I feel like only the best of the best stories or people should be on WrestleMania. You know, I, I understand having like these gimmick battle Royals and all that stuff to just throw people on there and get people on the card. I get it. But at the same time, I mean, like, I feel like manias should be the best of the best and having like an NXT championship match is great. And then maybe if there's another storyline too, it doesn't have to be for a belt, but as long as there's something good going and it's, you know, it's, and that's what going back to the whole crowd is like, you can't, you can't you know gauge if it's going well with the crowd because there is no crowd so you know it's like it's just gonna they're gonna go with what they want but you know coming off vengeance day you know i, I it's it, it almost boiling down to some kind of like multi-man match uh brewin um or it's I, I don't know it's weird especially with adam cole like is he you know is the undisputed era done is there going to be some kind of reformation with him and pete dunn and uh, the other guys. So it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff up in the air and it's, it is WrestleMania season and people are, I almost forget we're on the road to WrestleMania again, living in a pandemic. So it doesn't feel uh, like it at all. <laughs> I know, man, it doesn't, it doesn't, but uh, I'm just hoping something with that builds out. And I just hope it's not like a, a battle Royal for the NXT chain. You know, it's like just right. make the best guys or whatever the best story is happening and put those guys in it. So. So I just jotted something down. You said a ladder match. And now on one hand, I think it should be Finn Balor versus, you know, Adam Cole one-on-one just to showcase the best of NXT. But hear me out. I'm excited. I'm excited now. (laughs) Hear me out. Adam Cole versus Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Karrion Kross versus Pete Dunne versus Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher in an eight-man ladder match to open WrestleMania for the NXT title. Man, you got me. I'm down there. I'm sold. I'm buying a ticket. I'm flying down. That's it, yeah. man. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's something. Give it to us. <laughs> you know, like something yeah, like I, that. It's definitely I something agree. to represent NXT, and they, they definitely need to be represented on WrestleMania for sure. Absolutely. Um, I mentioned Gargano. He's the uh, North American champion. I did not expect him to retain at Vengeance yeah. Day. I thought Kushida was going to take it. Uh, what about you? No, for sure. And I think I, I saw a tweet you sent out too about his whole heel uh, work as compared to like his baby face work too, you know, and like as, as good as Johnny Gargano was as a baby face, I think he's especially good as a heel too. Um, you know, it, I turned it on too, as, um, not even knowing too much about the way. So yeah. I didn't know how long he's been doing that. Cause I, like I said, I've been watching it on and off here and there and I missed something the past few weeks. So yeah, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. even see that, but it's only I been a couple months. Yeah, and so I mean, but the work with with him and Kushida, I think, is great. Um, I I am, I I'm kind of fearing that I, as great as Kushida is, I think he's getting lost in this back Back to the Future stick. Agreed. Because <laughs> I think he just needs something else to break out of that. I think he needs his own thing, even if it's just a logo that says Kushida, and just give him like tights. And I mean, it probably works great in Japan, but it's like. Eh, I don't know. I think he he could be doing so much more if he just stepped out of that little gimmick, even make him like a time gimmick, but, but not back to the future. And I love yeah. back to the future. I'm staring at a hoverboard I have right here in my room. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I love yeah, back yeah. to the future. So like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think that works for him. And uh, he's, in the, he's a great talent and he's a, he's a big star in Japan. I think they need to capitalize on that because he almost has like that star power of what Nakamura had coming in. 
But at the same time, it's like they, I feel like they just don't know what to do with him as far as developing who he is or wh- what he's doing because he's okay on the mic. He's he can't speak great English. That's I don't care. He doesn't need to. I think he speaks in the ring well on his yeah. own. So, um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe some kind of like a character overhaul with him would be great. But yeah, to your point, I agree with that. Um, I didn't really know much about him before he came to NXT, and when he came to NXT. Yeah, like you said, the the Back to the Future thing, that's pretty cool and all, but like I have no connection to him. Yeah. And the only time I've cared about him, and no disrespect to him, like he's great in the ring, but the only time I had a connection with him was this past Sunday at Vengeance Day in that match with Gargano. And I'll tell you what, though, um, Wednesday, he was he had a match uh, on NXT TV. Yep. I, I switched over to AEW. I don't know what it is. Like, it's no disrespect to him. I just, I, I can't get into it. And uh, sure, yeah. maybe like it's you like, said, a character change or a, a tweak yeah. at least might, uh, might help him. No, for sure. Just something different. Cause it's like, I feel like when you do see, you feel like you've already seen enough of him, even though he's in this, you know, a great talent. It's like, I, I need something else. Give me something else with him or just change something up. You know, like, yeah. look at like for Nakamura example, just using him as a Japan reference. You know, when he came in, I didn't honestly know too much about him, but I knew I loved his music. Yeah. I could care less about what he did in the ring at first because yep. I was so down with the music and I was like, this is great. Like give him a good entrance and then people start clinging on. So something, yeah. maybe some, something like that, as silly as it is. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm a Back to the Future fan. I'm just not a Back to the Future fan with Kushida in, in charge, so I don't know. Definitely. Don't hate me a Kushida fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I, like I, like you were saying, I did send out that tweet about Gargano. Um, him and Sami Zayn are two people who I thought they'd be career baby faces forever. <laughs> yep. And uh, you look at both of them, the work they're doing now as a heel, it's just unreal. And uh, I would even throw in, you know, before it became organic, uh, I'd even throw in Becky Lynch to that conversation, you know, like when she first came up, I thought, you know what, we got a career baby face here. But then when she turned heel and the very early stages of the whole man gimmick, I was like, man, this is the best version of her too. So like, it's crazy to see how some of these people who you think are going to be career baby faces are even so much better as heels. Oh, for sure. So um, we had the dusty classic uh, at takeover. Um, what'd you think about Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and MSK uh, taking home the trophies? Yeah. You know, first off, you know, uh, even on last week on NXT, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. what's your name again? Uh, I'm looking for it. The girls. Uh, Dakota just, Kai Raquel. and Raquel. Yes. Raquel is the next big thing. Yes. Mark my words, because when she went toe to toe with Nia Jax, I would say she's bigger than Nia Jax, like tall height wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like the next like China meets, I don't know who Beth Phoenix. Other girls. Yeah. Beth Phoenix. So yeah. like I, she's definitely getting pushed to the moon. And I think this is her first uh, departure for that. So I think with this, if they win the ch- NXT, if the women win the tag t- uh, titles for, and bring it to NXT, it'll be another little push for her. But um, you know, I, I, I love her. And I, I feel like she's going to do a lot more, especially just with her size. Um, and I'll tell you what, Dakota Kai, man, I kind of liked the way she looked when she first started. She kind of looked like Chun. I don't know what she was wearing, but I feel like she's also a person that's like trying to find her character. Yeah. Coming out in like jeans and a hood. like, I don't know what she, I don't know who she's really trying to be. And I thought like her first look was great. And then they changed her all up and uh, for whatever reason, but uh, definitely digging both of them. I, I, you know, well-deserved for both of those girls to win that. Definitely. And I, you know, I, I, I see big things for both of them, but I'll tell you what, MSK, 
I didn't know anything about. I honestly didn't know too Me much of them on the indies. And I was like, all right. And I, I heard that they were, I read somewhere in the dirt sheets that these guys were coming up and that they were putting in, the, in put into the Dusty Classic. And, you know, they're, they're blown away. They're a great tag yeah. team. They're, it's like, they're like the new, new rockers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a horrible <laughs> reference, but it's like, when I first, how I first felt about the rockers back in the eighties, that's how I kind of feel about these guys, how they're working together yep. and just the moves they're doing, nobody else is doing. So uh, I see nothing but the best for them, especially in NXT for the next few years. Definitely. Um, you, you mentioned Dakota and uh, Raquel. They give off to me a very, I've said this before, a very Shawn Michaels and diesel vibe yes, between yes. the two of them. And I, uh, I, I like that. And then, like you said about MSK, I had no knowledge of them really. Um, their matches are great. Like, you know, they're incredible to watch, but I do need to see some more, like, who are they? Yeah. Like they're just some guys who can have great matches and do all these flips right now. But like, I need to learn more about them before I could get fully invested. But like you said, their matches are unreal. That the takeover match is just unbelievable. Yeah. And just when they're doing stuff, nobody else can do. And I'm sure Jim Cornette probably hates it, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's entertaining, man. You know, and it's like, not a lot of people can do what they're doing and you know, it's, it, they can speak in the ring. I don't need to hear promos from them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about promos. I want to, these guys are great wrestlers, keep them great at wrestling and doing what they do. And, you know, I think uh, the fans will follow. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, before we move on to other, uh, you know, SmackDown and Raw and everything, uh, did you happen to catch on TakeOver the music video that they ran for Cameron Grimes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you think about that? Well, that's another thing to where I loved Cameron Grimes when he first came out. And he kind of reminded me of like a Daniel Bryan meets, uh, I can't think of the names, but he like, he, he I think he's a talented wrestler. He's, he's really gifted. And then like a few months later, all of a sudden I'm turning this on and now Cameron Grimes is rich again. <laughs> or rich, <laughs> like a rich, like Beverly Hillbillies, right? He's like, he's a rich redneck. Yeah. He got funny. a, he, he made his money off of the GameStop stuff. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I, I think he's a talented guy. I think for whatever reason, they didn't like his little shtick, what he was doing before, which I thought was fine, but it just adds more character to him. And I think he could pull it off. So especially, I think he just crashed his Lambo on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just buy another one or whatever he said. So I think it'll be entertaining. Uh, I think, you know, like these guys on NXT, you're still finding themselves, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and whether he keeps it or not, I think it's fine with him, but he is, I, he's still a talented wrestler. So I think it's hilarious though. It's like the million dollar, you know, redneck or whatever. What do you want to call him? But I like that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. The thing that worries me though, about somebody like a Cameron Grimes is, and this is a whole nother conversation for another podcast, but he's reminds me and he's still very young in NXT, but I feel like if he ever were to get called up, he'd get lost in the shuffle. And sadly, I feel that way about a lot of NXT superstars. And you you look and it's probably because WWE and Raw SmackDown don't have the best track record. Uh, You mentioned Nakamura before he came in to NXT, Mm -hmm. had that amazing match with Sami Zayn first night. And dare I say, with the exception of a Royal Rumble win, it's all gone downhill from that first night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. It's like, I understand the ease entertainment, but at the same time, I feel like the older producers in WWE granted, they've done a lot of great things, but at the same time, like, you know, not everybody needs to sing and dance. Not everybody needs to, you know, like, I just want to see great wrestling. And that's what NXT was doing. 
and then it just gets lost somehow going over to that other show like these producers see something else and they're, they're not like meeting on the same level of like this is what this guy did over here let's bring that same energy over here instead they just bring that guy over to the next show and then they're like oh well let's do this with him and then it's like you just you just wasted all that time that he was down in nxt preparing or molding this kind of character and now it's like you blow it on something else and i'm like well that that's gone like how is yeah. where is the disconnect with that and it's like I don't know who's doing it. Triple H, tell Vinnie Mac, baby, tell yeah. him what's going on or something. Like Grant, I always say, like I love Vince McMahon. I always love what he did, but at the same time, it's like step aside. You know, yeah. like you you made your empire. Let like because because that's what AEW is kind of doing to where they're not as so sticky with a lot of stuff. And it's like it's it's more wrestling. Like a lot of wrestling fans can get it, but I know. It's a whole other conversation too, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is from when they go from one place to, to the next. And, uh, you know, I could see him getting lost in the shovel, but at the same time, like he could also revamp himself and do a lot better, but it's just who they need to, to move over. And I think we'll talk about that elimination chamber. Remind me because the main, the, one of the matches I'll, I'll explain about why they need to move the old guard and bring in the new guard, if you will. But Sounds good. I'll uh, make a note of that <laughs> for when we get there. Uh, you mentioned song and dance. Not everybody needs to sing and dance, but somebody who does sing and dance, Bad Bunny. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think about Bad Bunny, the new 24-7 champion? So here's here's my thing. I'm 39 years old. I have two kids. I have no idea what Bad Bunny is or who Bad Bunny is or let alone what Bad Bunny sings because he can't even speak English. And that's not knocking him. I know he comes from a different part of the world making, you know, a lot of fans doing. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. There is no connection right there for me. Uh, it, it's just one of the, those things. It's not in my my realm right now. You know, I know a lot more about Disney Plus or Disney Junior <laughs> or like Sophia the Prince. You know, like I know a lot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea what Bad Bunny is bringing. Especially like I know they're trying to. Get, I, I all I know is that he has more like Instagram followers than WWE, and I think that's what they're looking at pretty much. Yeah. So as long as he could bring his fans over to WWE, that's what they're tr really trying to do, and I get that. But at the same time, like. I have no, like, there's no connection for me too. You know, like I, I, there's no, he's not famous to me. He's just, I'm sure if I put his music on, maybe I'll like it and listen to it. But yeah. like right now I, I have no connection to it, but I mean, uh, that's what the 24 seven championship for is try to get Instagram followers or likes on Twitter or heart, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things they're trying to use to bring more people into WWE. Definitely. Uh, like you, I had no idea who he was until the Royal rumble when I saw him. Um, but the one thing I do like about him, and like you said, like it's all about the Instagram followers. And uh, I don't know if you saw the report he made uh, so far over five hundred thousand dollars in his T-shirt sales. I saw it. more than even like Roman Reigns. So like that, that's incredible to me. And one of the things I don't mind about him, normally I hate when like they do the celebrity crossover and stuff, but he's like a genuine fan. Oh, okay, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's like a genuine fan. Like I. I didn't go to his Instagram or anything, but I saw it, you know, on Facebook or Twitter, he posed uh, outside of his house, like in the snow yesterday um, with the 24 seven title. Um, <laughs> and I also saw some photos of him when he was younger, like with John Cena and Ric Flair, oh, like really? just oh, like yeah. meeting these guys, like backstage either. I, I don't know where he was, but he just like met these guys when he was younger. So he's like a legit fan. So like, I think that's cool. And um, he's, he's actually been decent. Like when you see him on raw, like the spots that he's had to do, like he took like Mrs. Uh, briefcase and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he's doing good and he's not making a joke out of it. So good for him. And not for nothing. If he gets that 24 seven title on SNL tomorrow night, oh, that, that's, that's right. it right there. Like, yeah. That's so funny. I didn't think about that. Hopefully he ramps it, maybe give it a better design or something, but 
Yeah, you know, hey, that's I, that's awesome that he's a fan too, because I didn't even—I honestly didn't know that. All I keep thinking about is him singing about that Booker T song, and Booker <laughs> T just standing there, and I was waiting for Booker T to do something. And he never did anything during the ball. I was like, all right, and yeah, he, I don't know, but no, I—I'm I, glad he's a fan though. It's great though, definitely. And I—I uh, I, I think I tweeted this out on Monday. I, I think yeah, they'll never do it, but if he's on SNL this weekend, have Damian Priest there with him. Like, even if you just put Damian Priest in the crowd and, like, just do a shot mm-hmm. of him and acknowledge him, like, give him a nameplate or something, obviously Damian Priest is not hosting SNL or anything like that, but just have him there and, like, just mention the 24-7 title and pan over to Damian Priest. Like, something like that, like, huge for WWE. For sure. And, you know, it keeps him relevant into the the world of, you know, uh, social like, social everything, you know, like, people watch it. And like WWE, and then you go to Google and get people like just like, what is he doing and this and that, you know? And that's what keeps them afloat as far as on the social realm. So I get exactly, it exactly, exactly. And his YouTube numbers, I don't know if you saw this. I saw his YouTube video of him jumping off the top rope on the Miz at the Royal Rumble had like three million views, oh and God. the the video of Edge winning the Rumble had like nine hundred thousand. So oh. he's definitely he's not my demographic. He's not your demographic, but he's somebody's demographic and uh, for sure, man, good good for them. And if it gets more eyes on the product, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of eyes on the product, this Sunday is the elimination chamber. Let's talk about that. It's not a, it's not a stack card. There's maybe five matches. Um, One of them, I believe was taken off the card with uh, Lacey Evans getting pregnant um <laughs> we could talk about that if we want but uh <laughs> let's start with the main event um drew mcintyre defends the wwe title against sheamus randy orton jeff hardy kofi kingston and aj styles in the elimination chamber um who's winning what do you think so this goes back to what i was saying earlier i was like bring up that question about changing of the guard yep now you know a lot of people were kind of like sheamus winning on raw huh and I, I don't know if you Google it, I don't know. Like when was the last time he was champion? I get it that he was a former champion that he's in it. And it's one of those things like he has to win because he needs some more credibility going into this, if you will, winning that kind of a match to make him look more of like a threat in this match. Um, you know, I, I love Miz taking himself out. I really wish Morrison would have been put in there because yeah. Morrison does need to be elevated to that spot again, especially when he left, like, you know, he put himself on the map on Lucha underground and yep. all, every other place. So, uh, so I'm kind of down that, you know, uh, <laughs> Morrison isn't in it. Um, but like, you know, I, I feel bad for Drew. I think this is, <laughs> if anything, this is where Drew could probably lose his championship uh, out of this going into into Mania, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, if you think about it, he's held it off and on for over a year now uh, going in and out of it. I know he lost it for like a little bit, then he, he gained it back, but um with that said who's walking out of the chamber right with the championship i mean kofi was put in there former champion he kind of they dropped the ball with him too like didn't know what to do with him so putting him back in here is great um man i I don't know i think taking it off of drew and setting up another match with somebody but because i know edge isn't edge is not challenging drew mcintyre at you know (laughs) no chance (laughs) he's going to the head of the table yeah so even if he loses i'm like you know uh, it, it, it is what it is, but uh, uh, what well, so it's I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of all the names and trying to think of all the spots in my head. So it's McIntyre, Se- Sheamus, Orton, Jeff Hardy, Kofi, and AJ Styles. Yeah, like uh, Jeff Hardy, too. I mean, I get it, former champion, Orton, former champion. 
You know, I think the Fiend's going to have some kind of interference on this match, taking yeah. out Orton. So I don't even know why Orton's match. in the match. We all see it coming. Yeah. So, I mean, man, who would you give it to, right, out of all these guys? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things. I guess you do keep it on Drew and yeah. until until uh, until Mania to lose it to somebody else. But Yeah. I, I, I mean, think... I, it, it, even, uh, just, even AJ Styles, you know, it's fine with me uh but like i was saying i'm sorry my whole point before and before i'm like i'm thinking of 12 different things um like changing of the guard you have in here randy orton you have in here sheamus uh jeff hardy granted i still love aj styles but like you have all these guys who are former champions and we're really not building any new stars underneath them and all these guys are kind of on their last legs if you will uh, which I, um, they have maybe a few years left, if anything, under them to, to do anything. So yeah. if anything, this would have been a great spot to make a new champion, even if it's for a few months just to defend it. But just looking at them one last time, I mean, if anything, I would love to see AJ Styles walk into Mania with the championship with Omos behind him. But uh, I don't know. I think I think Drew could probably retain in this, setting up another match at Mania for him to lose. So yeah. So many, this what is if? the second. This is the second week in a row. Uh, last week, my wife said that she thinks AJ Styles is going to win the title at the Chamber. So, two people here we go. Back to back weeks are pulling for AJ. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Drew McIntyre is going to retain, and I want him to retain only because he got robbed of that moment last year. Yeah. You know, he he won the title, but he was supposed to be there. Eighty thousand people, fireworks going off. He was supposed uh, to have his moment. Yep. I don't really want to see him retain at WrestleMania. I think it's time for a new champion to take us out of WrestleMania, but let the man walk into WrestleMania as the champion with, you know, get that big entrance. I know there won't be 80,000 people, but whether it's 25 or whatever, give him that moment of just walking in front of the crowd. He has not been in front of a crowd as champion. So I I think uh, just give him that. Um, I'm a little worried though, that we're going to get McIntyre and Sheamus at WrestleMania, which doesn't really uh doesn't really it's not a wrestlemania title match to me yeah and uh no disrespect to sheamus but uh i, I wouldn't i would be okay with mcintyre versus aj styles one-on-one at wrestlemania that'd be cool um but then you also got to remember this past week on raw braun Strowman showed up yep. he he was pissed off he's not in the chamber so i could see maybe a drew braun match coming out of this and yeah, always got to just remember the Miz still holds that briefcase. So, you know, I, I don't think he'll cash in at WrestleMania or even before that. And if he does, he's going to lose. I don't see him going in as champion, but um, it, it's just something to think about. No. And I'm thinking too, is uh, how many times has Randy Orton been WWE champion? Is he close to, uh... he's at 14, I believe. So even if like he did win this and almost setting up like a him versus the fiend at WrestleMania for the championship, you know, cause it's like, they kind of like the fiends hiding in the, in the, the wings. Um, does that match need the championship? Do they need to have like another horror like graveyard match? Like they did last year with AJ and Taker for Randy Orton or fiend, or is that like, the, that doesn't need the championship, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I, I think keep the title away from the fiend. Uh, uh, because eventually he's going to have to lose it. And we all saw what happened when Seth Rollins beat, or when he uh, Goldberg beat him, he beat Seth and then Goldberg beat him for the title in like eight seconds or whatever. Stupid. But oh. uh, uh, go ahead. 
Well, one last thing too is on my mind is the Miz because they took the money in the bank off of poor Otis. <laughs> who, <laughs> poor Otis. Was, poor Otis, which that was kind of a unique match winning it out like, you know, the, at the Titan Towers or whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, but for the Miz, also a former WWE champion, which was also probably 10 years ago, <laughs> a long time yep. ago, you know, he's done a lot for WWE, especially off TV, his own show. Um, to where even if, you know, who, one of these guys winning and then uh, Miz cashing it on them to be champion going into to WrestleMania, or are we going to save another cash in at WrestleMania for him? So I see Miz, I don't see him losing. I see him kind of getting the championship, but when? Does he get it this weekend or does he get it at Mania through a cash in? Yeah. Like I say, he's still in the wings. Um, I personally would have loved to see a, a cash in or see Morrison win it and then have Miz try to cash in on him. <laughs> and like, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a factor too, man. He could walk out as champion from whomever wins in here, you know? Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Um, sure. I think you said Miz. I almost want to see Miz hold the briefcase until May and uh, do something like that's when the paper, well, that's when money in the bank is. And like they say, they you got a year to cash in. Sure, I almost yeah. want to see him like run the clock down, like to like the very last second on that pay-per-view. Like, <laughs> oh, and even you could even have like two, theoretically two money in the bank winners for like a short amount of time, like yeah. two men's like something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box. I don't think Miz is going to win the title at WrestleMania this year. I love Miz, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious to who's that, if the cash in will be successful or not. So I feel like it needs to be because like in recent memory, like Otis lost the briefcase Strowman yeah. yep. lost when he cashed in a couple years ago. I, I, I don't need who won last year uh, in 2019 or two years ago, whatever it is. I forget. Yeah. I can't even remember like what happened from there. Yeah. Like it's crazy. We need a memorable cash. And yeah, we need it to work again. So definitely um, <laughs> moving down the card here. We have the SmackDown elimination chamber, uh, mm-hmm. Jay Uso versus Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn. The winner will face Roman Reigns, uh, later in the night. Um, what do you think about that one? Who's winning? You know, it, just looking at it, it's almost like a, a Kevin Owens show. I feel like one last time to face Roman Reigns, but then whatever happens in this will then decide, you know, or, you know, will will edge challenge. I mean, Roman Reigns is going to WrestleMania as the champion, right? I, I, I feel yeah. like Roman Reigns has to lose the belt at Mania only because he's won it five times. Or he's had, he's had the main event spot at Mania for almost like the past five or six years. If you look at all of his matches. Yep. So like, I think Roman needs to kind of like, give it back if you will to somebody else um but for i don't want to see that be edge though and i no, think that's the match we're getting like I, I, I'd ra- I want roman to beat edge yeah and then if you look at like any possibilities so let's say kevin owens wins he's already at a, anybody who wins is at a disadvantage because they just wrestled in the the elimination yes. chamber now you have to fight a fresh roman which you know unless something drastic happens but you know, I feel like just to go with their feud, I think Kevin Owens winning might be the best spot for this, especially just to wrestle him after that. And then yeah. something to that effect happens. But, you know, even uh, fighting, fighting an Uso might be uh, might be a little uh, a fun thing to where if he did win and then he has to fight Roman, a little separation of the family. But that's like another, you know, outside of the box thing of happening. King Corbin, eh, Sami Zayn, eh. You know, Daniel Bryan, I would love it because he's done stuff like that in the past, but it's like you put the belt on Daniel and what, you know, what happens. But I'll tell you, my man Cesaro, he better have a nice spot at Mania, especially with this push happening. Uh, I love seeing it. And I please, like, please don't get rid of it. Keep, keep the momentum going. So whatever happens, I hope 
you know, Cesaro uh, goes into Mania with some kind of steam doing something better than what he's been doing. But I don't know. I can't see anybody else winning except for like Kevin Owens and then it almost being like a squash match where, yeah. you know, something Roman just comes in, beat, pins the whoever won it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My pick is Kevin Owens. Um, uh, one thing I'm a little worried about, though, is I don't I don't normally I want Daniel Bryan to win everything. I love Daniel Bryan. I don't, I want him eliminated from this first. I do not want there to be any chance that he wins it because Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns is a match that should not be hot shotted like this. Yeah. At one point, a couple weeks ago, I thought that was the WrestleMania main event, mm. but I don't want to see him win the chamber and then, you know, get squashed essentially by Roman. Sure. Um, that would be a cool spot though for Cesaro. Uh, you, like you said, there, there's a push for him going on. Maybe have him come in the chamber, start the chamber at number one last through the whole thing win it do a squash match but like do a hope spot like you know roman goes for the spear he gets a huge uppercut or something one two everyone's like oh my god and then he kicks out (laughs) and he gets up superman punch spear cesaro lasted through the chamber gets his ass kicked uh you know get him a little bit more sympathy so like i could see that but uh knowing wwe it's going to be another kevin owens match and i love kevin owens but it's happened four times over the last like month and a half. So it's like, you know, I kind of want something different. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, and then after that, we uh, have the United States title. Uh, Bobby Lashley defends against Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Uh, Keith Lee was <laughs> bro. <laughs> Keith Lee was not on raw this week. I know he had just come back from COVID and yeah. his fiance had COVID and she hasn't been on the show either. Wasn't um, even the rumble too, right? So yeah. He, he missed the rumble. Oh. Uh, so he, he, I think he came back the week after the rumble mm-hmm. and then he was on for a week, maybe two. And then he was off this past one, this past Monday. So I don't know if he's even going to be in the match or not, but uh, I'll tell you my thoughts. And then you could tell me what you think. If Keith Lee is in the match, I think we're getting Riddle riddles in the match just to get pinned. Uh, he, that's his, that's his whole purpose of being in this match. But uh, I can see two things happening. One, I could see Lashley retaining and them going on a mania and doing Lashley versus Keith Lee one-on-one or, and this is a long shot, but hear me out. Keith Lee wins the title, goes on to mania to face riddle or whoever else Lashley, no longer us champ. And we finally get Lashley versus Lesnar at WrestleMania. Hey man, pull it off. Do it for sure. That, that would make, that'd be like the only sense for Lesnar to come back kind of a thing. Uh, to see they, that kind of they've been heating up Lashley too, for like the last couple months. Like he's been, his his reign as us champ has been pretty dominant. And I mean, if you saw raw the last couple of weeks, he's just been destroying riddle and Keith Lee. Yeah. So uh, I, what do you think? Yeah, I see that. You know, uh, I'm telling you too, even with, uh, even with riddle, man, I feel like they've been pushing him for a while too, just to be one of those like a mid cart uh, talent right now. And, you know, for him to win it, I don't, I, you know, he, for, I, I hate this pay-per-view because it's, I feel like they should go from the rumble to mania and just yeah. build everything in between. So like, even for, for if riddle did win it, and then it's like, well, why didn't he, why couldn't he just won it at mania? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, for me, like, that's what I feel like what would happen, but for this, I think this is, I think we're going to get like a WrestleMania rematch almost out of this to where I think Lashley is going to retain. And then we might see the United States championship like defended in like a, th- a three way again, or, or something like that to where I think they, I honestly think they will probably put it on riddle. I feel like they've been building for that for a while. 
and for for Lee, I, you know, I feel like they they should push him towards like the the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I feel like they've dropped the ball with him too coming in, to where this guy was your NXT champion. This guy had a lot more, uh, you know, promise in NXT, and then they bring him in, and then he was like, look at last year's Royal Rumble, like him that spot he had with Lesnar and all that. Like they were building him up, building him up, and then I feel like they they dropped the ball with him uh, lately, but. You know, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to see Lashley retains this, but something, whatever happens in, the, in this match is either setting up for uh, like a riddle versus Lashley at WrestleMania or, you know, depending where Lee fits in too, another three-way, but uh, some kind of like a rematch maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, co- coming out of your answer there, it just reminded me, uh, it brings me back to your point before about like building up new stars, like in like the Raw Chamber for the title. Mm-hmm. I get that everybody in the, the whole point of the match is like they're all former champions, but that's a perfect spot to put Keith Lee, man. Like mm-hmm. he, he should have been in the chamber. I know, you know, his COVID yep. absence aside and everything, but like he would have been great. And uh, the other thing you said that got me thinking, I think with WrestleMania being in front of fans for the first time in like a year, I think it's going to be very heavy on multi-man matches to get everybody yeah. on the card to get, you know, everybody out in front of the crowd. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, that NXT ladder match, I could see happening. And then if that doesn't, I could see maybe like a U.S. title or IC title ladder match with like the whole mid card in tag team battle royals. And yep. the Andre battle royal is going to have 100 people in it. Like the camera guys are going to get to enter uh-huh. like everybody just to get everybody out there in front of that crowd. For sure. And, you know, even going into, I know we're not even at Mania yet, but thinking about it, like last year they did two nights because of the circumstances. Yep. And I think they were kind of hinting towards that, but I think they just pulled the trigger because they couldn't have anybody. So might as well just spend it out to two nights. Now this year we're having another two night show. Uh, you know, even I, I, you know, next year will probably be even totally different, especially with a live crowd and two different nights. So I'm kind of curious what that would look like, but when you have these two nights, man, I feel like you don't need to fill it up with everybody. Well, yeah. I said, I think I said it earlier too, you know, like I just want the best of the best. I'm sorry if like Riddle or Lee or whomever you want to name, like it doesn't fit in this year or that's fine. But like, if they have a killer story next year, put them in it, you know, like I yeah. want the guys with the best of the best to be on mania. I don't want mania to be like, Oh, this is just a filler match because we have like, not everybody needs a trophy, right? Not everybody right, right. needs to be on the show. So I do hope they use their time wisely and really build out these shows like a mania deserves to be, you know? Definitely. And now with the Andre Battle Royal, like you could throw people who don't necessarily have storylines into that. And I'm okay with that. It's when like, like a couple years ago, two years ago, we had uh, Becky versus Ronda. It should have been one-on-one in the main event. And they added Charlotte in there to make it bigger or just, you know, whatever they wanted to do. I'm sorry. Like she did not need to be there. She was not part of that story. And granted the match, you know, was what it was and it turned out to be cool. And she had that helicopter entrance and stuff, but I feel like they just throw people in just for the sake of throwing people into stuff. And I'm with you, man. Like give us like some good one-on-one matches, like WrestleMania, Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley, one-on-one. You don't have to throw Matt Riddle in there just to get him on the card, put him in the battle Royal. Like you said, he has nothing going on. Yeah. Sorry, bro. But next year's your year you know yeah and and it's like even even uh, i know we're talking about mania and this is elimination chamber but you're making you're making me think brian so i gotta i gotta jump <laughs> in uh you know even like when they have like the host of wrestlemania yep. like hogan came out two years ago with alexa bliss and she was the host and like 
it was one little spot. People who aren't on the cards, what's to say that they can't do stuff backstage for like a little, a funny yeah. spot or so, you know, like do that, build your whole show out with everybody using that kind of formula to where you have great matches, but then you can have, you know, a beat down or something in the background with one wrestler here. Then after a few matches, you have these wrestlers do this. And then you got the 24 seven title finasco that could just go throughout the whole show nonstop. But you know, things like that, like, yeah, I don't want to see like, everybody filling up this card just because you need like 20, 20 guys on 20 or whatever it is. Yeah. Just bring it back down, make it WrestleMania, make the matches great. So definitely that you were, you mentioned that and we're getting ahead with WrestleMania, but it oh. reminded me of uh <laughs> you said about like backstage stuff. Do you remember? It, I want to say it was 10 years ago. I want to say WrestleMania 27 Snoop Dogg was there and they did a backstage with him, uh, Zach Ryder, um, santino and maybe like kozlov like they were like doing like a singing thing yeah. and i was just like it just reminded me of that because you know that's something that's granted that's goofy and kind of silly but like that's something you could do like if you have a celebrity there then just put people backstage you know with them exactly i know yep. it sucks that they're not in front of the crowd but you know it is what it is indeed <laughs> oh man this was fun i appreciate yeah, you dude. getting on here and doing this yeah, anytime, man. Thanks so much for having me. I know I like to ramble sometimes, but you get the gears going and then I got to start thinking of other things to talk about. That's all right, man. I love talking to wrestling with people who are passionate about it. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to let you plug your stuff in a minute. But before we do that, I just wanted to say, as we were recording this, I remember something that I had to tell you. I know I texted you when, when this happened and all, but I wanted to publicly tell you too. About two and a half years ago, I get a random text from you and it's a link to a video and I click on it and it's about two months before my wedding and I hit play on the video and it's Becky Lynch wishing me and my wife, Michelle, best of luck in our wedding. And uh, you were interviewing her at the time and uh, you got her to do that video for me. And I really appreciate it. She's one of my all time favorites. She's definitely my favorite now. I can't wait for her to come back. And that was just the coolest thing. So thank you so much for that. Like even my wife who like casually watches wrestling with me, she was like, Oh my God, this is like the coolest thing. She bought her action (laughs) figure just so she could meet her now and tell her that story and get her to like (laughs) sign the action figure. And uh, thanks man. I appreciate that. Hey, yeah, dude, anytime, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to to meet a lot of these guys and girls and interview them and, uh, you know, try to, to make stories that will like stand the test of time, if you will, evergreen, they can go back and watch. And, you know, I try to do my best with what I could with that. So uh, anytime, man, I was glad that that moment, uh, you know, came in front of me and I was able to do it. So, and I have no I have no problem asking anybody anything when I'm with them, especially if I'm interviewing them. Uh, you know, uh, I think I even did it for our friend Jonathan too. I think I did something for him for his wedding with Kofi Kingston. I had uh, when I inter- when he was actually champion when he interviewed him. So you know, it's fun to do. It's definitely fun. I appreciate it. And uh, anytime, man. Really, 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 anytime. Thanks, man. Again, I appreciate it. I was in the grocery store parking lot when you texted me that. I'll never forget. Like, I'm like, because me, <laughs> me and you don't text often, so like, I see your name pop up. I was like, huh, what's what's going on here? So I open it up and I just see like the video, and I'm like, all right, I'm thinking it's just like a, a clip from like your interview. And I hit, and she goes, Brian and Michelle, and I'm like, holy shit, she knows me. <laughs> she knows you. <laughs> That's unreal. So thanks again, man. Uh, before you get out of here, anything you want to plug? Yeah, you know, if you know anybody needs anything, stevecredomedia.com and then just follow me on Twitter at Credo. Uh, easy enough. Uh, and 
I'll hit you up from there. But thanks so much, Brian. You're doing awesome with the show. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And just like Dory from Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, baby. Just keep swimming because that's what it's like in this podcast world, man. You just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And uh, at the end of the day, don't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself. Enjoy it. Have fun and make it your own, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again, buddy. Thanks again to Steve for joining me today. What an incredible interview. Conversation. What a great conversation. Uh, Steve, thank you for tapping into my brain and uh, helping me think about that story uh, from the Civic Center uh, all those years ago with Shawn Michaels. I just wish I was big enough to be able to get over the guardrail at that time. But, uh, man, uh, Steve, thanks again for joining the show, buddy. Really appreciate it. Check out stevecredomedia.com. Like I said, he made the logo for this show. I love it. You will too if you have him design any of your logos or edit any videos. Uh, Great guy. Great conversation. Awesome time. Thanks again, Steve. Guys, follow me on Twitter at BrianChairs7, at TLChairsPod, Instagram at BrianChairs7, and at TLChairsPod. Search us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube uh, and search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop Fridays on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm. Uh, follow, retweet. I try to uh, live tweet as much wrestling throughout the week as possible. So anything you guys could do to help me. Something as simple as a uh, retweet really goes a long way with me and helps me out. Uh, I mentioned YouTube. Please go there and subscribe to my channel. I'm trying to build that up as much as possible, and I need subscribers. Um, actually, if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, I will be posting a video. Uh, Heel Spo, Anthony Esposito joins me. He returns. Uh, we we did a Royal Rumble preview last month uh, on the podcast, Episode 5. Go check that out if you haven't already listened. But uh, tomorrow I'm dropping a YouTube video with him where we preview the Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Uh, So check that out. Again, rate, review, subscribe, follow, retweet. I'm Brian Chairs. You just listened to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Till next time, see you next Friday.